you know, Tai Chi is, is, can be considered this ancient Chinese system. Um, and uh, it's, a, it's very much a martial art, uh, or was very much developed as a martial art. <clears throat> In the States, it's widely known as, I think for anyone over 77 years old or something like that, it's like the number one way to regain balance. But outside of the States, People of all ages do it in Taiwan, especially you'll see like six-year-olds doing Tai Chi, you know, uh, to China and, China and, and Taiwan. But like kids start young and they're doing push hands. And like, you know, uh, my buddy Tui Xiao Chan out there coaches grade schoolers and high schoolers and they're all doing this. And it's, it's a safe, fun way to manipulate uh, space control, like weight, understanding how to claim space, um, slow yourself down and speed up your perception of time. Um, again, I, I liken it to mindful wrestling because it's, you know, you're moving slow at first and then when you start doing the sports stuff, it becomes more competitive, more athletic. Um, but it's, um, it's one of my favorite things to share. And by that's one of the things that, that really always blew my mind about demystifying Tai Chi mm. is that it's not magic, it's mm. timing. Mm. It's precise, angular understanding. Mm. This episode is brought to you by C.K. Lin Mindset Coaching for Leaders, Entrepreneurs, and High Achievers. Having a clear mind will empower you to tap into your true potential and achieve extraordinary results with more ease and freedom. Visit www.talkwithck.com and apply for a free clarity session today. Yeah, and I can show you, we, we slowed down her videos and my, I was stealing moves from her and I have our whole New York team now. Um, Great artist steel. Oh yeah, um, but next year I I hope to be in Taiwan twenty twenty for the World Cup in mm. October, which mm. is what it happens every two years. Mm. Tai Chi World Cup. So um, yeah, it's just it's an amazing game, and any athlete, it'll enhance any ath any person's abilities. It just enhances people, and that's mm. that's why I focus more on um, <clears throat> on using it as a human performance tool. Mm. And uh, the the amount, the range of push hands that I've experienced in my life, uh, I liken it to, and I've been calling it like mindful wrestling, mm. because it spans a spectrum from holistic all the way to athletic, and it's just um, <clears throat> if you look at it from a from a lens, if you look at it from a performance enhancing lens. Uh, it's amazing. If you start looking at it saying, okay, well, these, a bunch of the comments on the YouTube chip page are like, oh, these guys are just pushing each other around. And they don't understand the, exactly what they're looking at. So therefore, they're, they're processing it from a different place. And, yeah. you know, when I look at, you know, I used to fight Sancho for Li Tai Long, um, who was the big Beijing coach. And I got pulled onto his team when I was 18. So, um, you know, I, I, I know, I know the value of, of, taking a punch and, yeah. and um, learning how to take a punch and how to get out of the way of taking a punch and that, the character it builds to take mm. a punch. Yeah. I think everyone should get punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> um, but <clears throat> I think that what we see now and the science of fighting has, has advanced so much, especially in the last seven years. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of my buddies who, who's trained with me push hands before, uh, Brendan Weaver is a UFC fighter. Um, and strike force uh, he came in and I, I still need to post a video with him because he anytime I invite a top level athlete to come in I ask them to share because what we're doing is we're building we're saying Tai Chi is not a 
or it's tough when you use Tai Chi and when you use a term that someone else believes is something and mm. then you see it as something else and now you have conflict mm. because they're like no it's this thing that's not Tai Chi mm. so whatever that's why I say it, whatever we're doing is not going to be called Tai Chi in the future mm. it's it's something that is foundational to all human movement mm. people aren't st- aren't taught how to stand how to walk mm. Necessarily, in terms mm. of best practices for that, yeah. And when you when you find, and and also the primal, the the, the primal aspects of where what weight distribution does, mm. um, how it affects a room, how your weight is distributed, it affects everybody in the room. Mm. Um, and we talk a lot about like claiming space, etc. Like you know, claiming spaces and, and and holding space. These are very particular things that that we experience and, and when someone walks into a room and you feel that commanding presence there are so many factors at hand there mm. um, but to be able to, to help guide and share uh, what I, I feel will be and, and find other like-minded individuals that also have a different expertise that can help build out the understanding of this because there's only so much that I, that I you know that I am mm. you know and, and we need other people to come in and and um, that's not to say that it's only me doing this, but you know, um, you know, in January, uh, Twisho Chen and and, uh, and his college uh, put out a list of all the top, all the folks that you should talk to in the world for sports Tai Chi push hands, and mm. like I'm the only guy living in the states listed. Mm. You know, mm. um, the other guy who's American is in Taiwan with Twisho, and um, and he's great, Casey Payne, great guy. Um, <clears throat> So, in terms of like promoters, we're actively promoting across the world, and there's a, a you know, people care. People care about elevating the sport and elevating the art. Yeah. So, um, I don't want to go off on a long, long-winded tangent, but I'd love to. I'd love to get some of your guidance on on, on what to share and and, and yeah, your audience. Yeah, sure. And so, let me actually set it this way. I'm really excited to have Jan here with us. And why, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why, Jen, as well as t- telling you, the audience member. Um, Jen is a master at his craft, specifically Tai Chi I want to talk about. And when I, when I, what I really appreciate about you is not only you are very skilled at the technicality of Tai Chi, but also contextually, you share a lexicon, mm. right? The, the language, how you talk about moves and and also how it applies to, as you said earlier, the presence when you enter a room, when you enter a ring, when you do competitive sports. Uh, right now, in the, I'm in the middle of learning how to box. Mm. And, and you're right. Um, it's beautiful to learn how to take a punch, right? And, um, but from interacting with you, the conversations, I, I, we also get to the space of the art of learning. Because that's a huge part. It's not just the specific Tai Chi moves that I'm interested in. I'm interested in the meta, the learning process. Mm. How a top master think about learning and teaching and transmitting that knowledge to another person. I think that it, it, that's, that's the most compelling thing about you, actually when I first met you, because I, I, I can hear and then feel that you deeply think about this and you deeply think about how to transmit 
transfer the knowledge to people who are interested. Uh, why don't we start there? Because you actually said a quote to me, which I really like. You said, there's an astronomical difference between the first place and the second place. And at first hand, it doesn't make sense. So why don't you explain that a little bit more contextually? What do you mean by that? Sure. The first thing I'd like to say is that I, I, would, I still don't frame myself as a master. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I call myself coach. I, I, you know, I've been called coach. I, 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 like, I like that term. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> one day I, I, I hope to call myself a master, maybe. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens. Um, well, actually, on that note real quick, to me, a signal, an indicator of a master is someone who considers him or her a wise student. If you tell me you are a master, automatically you are not a master to me. You know what I mean? Any master truly that I meet, you know, a lot of the podcast guests that I have in the past, whatever they may be, a master musician, a master entrepreneur, a master uh, hedge fund manager, it doesn't matter. Like They are very accomplished in their craft. Mm. And the thing that I notice most about them, these noble warriors that I interview, are that they're uh, wise students. So thank you for that. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I think one thing I am a master of is the smoothie. Yeah. <laughs> We're drinking some. <laughs> I consider myself a master of the smoothie, but, you know, anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so going back to that quote. <clears throat> so that quote is pulled directly. I have the art of learning right, right in there. I meant to bring it out. Mm. Um, Josh's book, Josh Waitzkin's book, The Art of Learning, I highly recommend anybody mm. uh, to... So I'll say this. I've never read the book. Mm -hmm. I have the signed copy in there from his like party that he threw before it launched. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I read the book. I <clears throat> listened to the book on tape. Mm. And, or I should say the Audible. And um, you know, it took me years because Josh was like, you still haven't read it? I'm like, nope. <laughs> I haven't read it. And I finally listened to it probably four or five years ago because Tim, uh, you know, he's, he's real close with Tim Ferriss and, mm. and Tim convinced him to to narrate the book himself mm -hmm. and i was like oh well all right fine it's josh narrating the book and you know we shot uh, most of the video uh, most of the competitions he's talking about if not all of them um exist on video we shot them mm -hmm. um a buddy shot them while we were in uh, you know in training camp and out in taiwan for the 04 world cup um so that quote comes from from josh in that book and i, I don't want to misquote him but um, it's essentially the difference between number one and number two is astronomical. And I loved when I hit, that hit me so hard when I heard him say that in the book. And <clears throat> the lifestyle changes that are required to go from from number two to number one. And and as a, as the guy who <clears throat> you know lost the 2010 World Cup by one point, I really that hit me so hard. <clears throat> I watch myself, you can go online and see that, 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 that match, I watch myself underperforming mm. in that match. I watch myself missing opportunities. Mm. Um, and I say to myself, hesitation is what needs to be purged there. Mm. Longer form pattern recognition. Mm. Um, and a different lifestyle leading up to that event because it's the lifestyle leading up to it that essentially affects you the most. Mm -hmm. um, Rome isn't made in a day. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> so to, to speak on that 
is still a bit challenging for me because I'm still in the process of making those changes. Yeah. And whether it's 2020 when I go out to the, the Tai Chi World Cup or the next time that, that I do go out there with, with the team, <clears throat> I would like to go out there with you know do a full documentary with the team and and really expose that to the to the West in a, in a, in a, to the U.S. I should say in a, in a stronger way. Um, but I'll I'll have to implement that, and I've I've already been making the changes for the last few years ever since I, I that quote hit me hard, and I spoke to Josh and in New York, uh, you know, several times. Our our, our sons played together a, a bit, and uh, you know, jo- Josh and Dan are the, the assistant coach. Dan, those are they're brothers, and they're like the only two guys I call my big brothers. So, um, yeah, and that's that's not a title that I I give away at all anymore because of how much power it gives away. Mm. Um, but you know they're they're my big brothers, you know. <laughs> so what is the difference between the first place and the second place? Um, again, I, I I would I would I would say read Josh's book and how he describes it. Mm. Um, but it, he, <clears throat> it's 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 what your first thoughts are in the day. It's how you schedule your day. It's it's what um, it's engineering the breakthroughs that you need to end because you're going to have the breakthroughs you need the breakthroughs and so you have to have the 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 lifestyle that engineers the breakthroughs that are essentially um where you can predict i'm going to have a breakthrough today i'm going to have this breakthrough tomorrow i'm going to have this and not necessarily know exactly what it is but to have that um that precise schedule that how precise you, but lifestyle. how do you do that like i'm in role sure absolutely i'm mm-hmm. i'm dedicated to my craft sure. whether it be a podcasting or entrepreneur mm-hmm. or holding space for people the transformational retreat that I hold like I'm there right yeah. but how tactically could I sure. try out so I can only speak from um, myself experimenting with new formulas yeah please um, so <clears throat> you know there's a period of time where I was meditating too much mm. you know when I said too much I was spending like two hours in the morning, sitting in meditation, kind of messed me up. <laughs> Walking around outside, and also I was also taking hard impact to the head, sparring super hard. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I, I had this. I was very fortunate because I was running off of investment capital mm-hmm. for my my production company, and 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 uh, so between training and um, and and work, uh, I, I had a very closed ecosystem of like, okay, this is what I'm doing. I had to break those patterns. And um, <clears throat> just really look at what felt right, and there's a, to a certain extent there's journaling that, that helped me identify patterns. Mm. Um, there's making my meditations more efficient, um, spending time to do to do journeys at least once a week. And when I say journeys, I, I think there are many ways to to take a journey, um, but to sit in the evening. In a meditative space, and um, and to do your best to 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 allow information to come in mm. and um, to move with it. Mm. So um, I, I think tactically, it's it's analyzing yourself mm. um, and and analyzing what feels right. That intuitive sensation. In Deepak Chopra, I think in, in uh, the Seven Laws of Spiritual Seven Spiritual Laws of Success, it's, it's actually I, I'm not a uh, I don't read a lot of Deepak at all. God bless him. Um, but um, 
that book resonated with me. Mm. And uh, yeah, he talks about the the feeling that like everyone has a an intuitive the gut feeling or the heart feeling, whatever wherever it is in the body mm. that you might experience it. The inner knowing. It, it's a sensation that will feel good when you're doing the thing you should be doing, mm. and then it will feel won't feel good when you're doing anything else. Mm. And how to get that, how to turn the volume up on that, to me, has been one of the best performance enhancers. Mm. And uh, <clears throat> the more I've turned the volume up on my intuition, uh, ha- I've seen my life shift. And I've, you know, you and I were talking yesterday, like in general, I'm, I'm very grateful for my daily life because I walk around and great things happen all the time. It's like, it's awesome, you know, and it, and it wasn't always like that. I used to hate going to school I used to hate being alive at one point I thought about like suicide when I was like 11 mm. um, you know I was a little fat kid for a while and and what that that fat represented was you know, a bunch of pain mm. um, <clears throat> attempting to protect myself from the world mm. and mm. you know so there's a lot of stuff going on and to have have that shift in life from making the choices that put you into your into a purpose into your truth into your the thing you're here to do. Mm. Um, when I found that through filmmaking and, and Tai Chi, um, both of those things uh, started supercharging my life. Mm. And when I had those good feelings and that positive feedback loop, focusing more on that and how to expand that, because it's not all just one thing, it's actually all the things that surround it too. Yeah. Fractal. Um, exactly. Mm. So um, <clears throat> getting to that space is, to me, is a, is a massive part of of having the breakthroughs and having uh, being able to to elevate yourself to a place where you know we had <clears throat> you know I run a media company and we have you know a comic book publishing arm you know we floated to number one downloads in, in you know on on the number one digital comic book app for uh, a project called Justice for Hire uh, which is the series I'm producing now so a uh, live action series so um, <clears throat> I didn't know how to engineer that. Mm. It just happened. Mm. And so when we slid out of first place after three months, which was awesome that we were there for that long, um, you know, there's, there was a, a certain fear of how to maintain mm. number one. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> as a matter of fact, the day we hit number one, I was hit with the fear mm. of how to maintain number one. <laughs> I was like, <clears throat> like immediate. Immediate fear. Mm. And, um, you know, I was like, 2009, I was like 27. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm like sitting there trying to figure this out. I'm like, oh, yeah. and I wasn't in the space yet to really look at why it was working. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes it just takes time for you to, to, to remove yourself from the pattern and then look at it and say, oh, okay, these are the things that worked. These are the things that, that didn't work. And let's remove those, do more of these. And then how do we supercharge that? Mm-hmm. Um, what are the practices in my life? And, and I, I consistently look at, you know, whatever your physical wellness, like mind-body practices, like I think everyone needs one. Um, and uh, how are, and asking yourself, how are you serving the world? I think is a major component of, of in my opinion, getting to number one, at least now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're shifting into a, into a world where, where honest, honest leadership is absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. And, I think the number ones of of tomorrow are going to be the most the ones who are the most transparent, the mm. ones who are the most open mm-hmm. and serving the world. So, um, <clears throat> so I, I I feel like I'm I'm hoping that's 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 a strong enough answer 
to something that I feel like I still need to learn from and even talk to Josh about yeah. um, some of his practices because he sits with you know CEOs and top athletes and, and helps to guide that process. Right, he's a high performance coach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. His job, his job, quote unquote. Yeah, his his actual is, job yeah. is a high performance coach. Yeah, it is to help people get to that <clears throat> flow state. Yeah. So one of the framework that I teach people is high performance or performance mm -hmm. equals uh, flow minus interference. So what I hear, you know, kind of looping into what you share is sit, meditate, and self-examine what the interference may be. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And then and then actively think about or you know assess ways to remove the barriers, the interference from yeah. whatever it is that you do. But <clears throat> let me challenge that a little bit. Sure. Right? So because part of the uh, the neurosis of the mind is you can rationalize, justify anything and everything. So how do you discern? How do you find that attunement of am I just my fucking myself versus this is my inner knowing let me follow that so you know I, what I mean I, I totally get it I want to I want to throw one little variable in yeah that, please. Uh, <clears throat> that someone gave me that I, I that I came across probably last year but it, it uh, someone gave it to me it might have been Stacy who you just met mm. um, earlier this year is um, looking at the mind as a tool mm. And because I think sometimes you get caught in your thoughts, mm. and obviously you think you are those thoughts, mm. and you are the mind. I, and anytime I switch into that mode of recognizing that it's simply one of the tools, just like my limbs are, and if I need to keep my limbs at my side, I can. Mm. If I need to drop the breath, I can. Um, that's when I recognize, oh, I can do the same thing with the mind, and everything just stops. Hey, listeners, if you're enjoying this podcast and all the nuggets of wisdoms, go to bit.ly forward slash noble warrior review and leave us a five-star review and tell us what you're getting out of this podcast. This will really help us attract other people like you and share these nuggets of wisdoms to others just like you. Okay, do that right now, bit.ly forward slash noble warrior review. Thanks a lot. And, um, <clears throat> but, but it's easy to say. It's tough to get there. Right. It's challenging. Because the it, mind. Because you have to do the work to get there. Because all this stuff, it's just like weightlifting. Everything mm. we're talking about is just, it's all repetition. Mm. Even the relaxation is repetition. Mm. And, uh, and it's also interval training mm. because essentially you, you, you can't push yourself to just go mm. all the time. You have to give yourself the intervals mm. and, and the, Ideally, on a best practice, you know, schedule mm. <laughs> of what of what works for your body, your weight, your lifestyle of of getting that uh, of of bringing that that training into allowing yourself to relinquish. So you're a fan of disciplines and ha habits. Absolutely, okay. as you know, I eat every two and a half to three hours, four to six times a day, two fists full of food to to interval train my metabolism. You know, mm. I I will do my best to do. Um, <clears throat> to do certain training certain at the same time each week uh, you know if i'm doing something on a daily basis I'll, I, I see my routines i'm like cool well, how can i work my lifestyle of, and how can i if i'm training for a competition it becomes very regimented mm -hmm. if it's more me you know shifting into new stages in life and then getting getting acclimated to that new plateau and then making adjustments from there i, I will I'll, each season will have its own mm. uh, structure mm. um but 
I think your your original question is the discernment, right? And I think the training discrimination is one of the things that you know we're here to do. Like, oh, what's that? Oh, uh, so that 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 comes from my. Uh, I grew up under an Indian guru, and and that comes from my teacher. My teacher, um, <clears throat> discrimination between uh, being able to tell the difference of between what is. First of all, what is morally right and wrong for mm. for for you? Yeah. Um, what feels right inside mm. uh, versus and 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 how you're how it feels when interacting with the outside, and that's why I talk about push hands so much, Tai Chi push hands, because when you start to get sensitive to <clears throat> two things about Tai Chi push hands, and, and this relates directly to the to training discrimination. Um, <clears throat> One, you're you're slowing yourself down to speed up your perception of weight distribution, mm. of breath control, of maintaining posture posture under pressure and redirecting that pressure toward a goal. And that goal for you and your partner, because these are all partner drills, um, is essentially to push them just to the edge of lowering their 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 uh, center of gravity. And, and to the edge of their balance so that they learn how to, again, do the same thing. Maintain posture, redirect pressure back to you mm. so you can take it. So you're going back and forth. And So the goal is not to destroy them. It's not to destroy to them. throw them off. And, doing and the drill time. Doing the drill time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so when you're doing these drills and there's a whole, like, there's a whole ecosystem of this stuff, um, I found that one of the best ways to train discrimination in a way that, that I can I can practically share, uh, because other things have to do with my my upbringing. My you know they're so, they're they're so they're so relative to to my journey and my path that it that having a conversation w- about them could you know uh, may not be effective or helpful for anyone else mm-hmm. to hear. Um, but what I do find effective and helpful for people is to is to get in contact with somebody. And to notice that there's a, there's there are similarities in the amount of, every piece of tension in the body is connected to emotion. Mm. It's connected to to stress of of of, of various types, and um, <clears throat> and how do you and when you start to recognize the pattern between people, and how you deal with pressure from particular people, you start to build a a a knowledge base, and it's it's built into your muscle memory it's built into you feel it you know it um and then when you learn what to do and identify your goals your personal goals maybe you maybe the way you play push hands even though you know i was just saying that you don't you're not supposed to push the person completely over the edge maybe you like to test people a little bit more and that's okay if that's your thing because then you're going to get to somebody else eventually who knows how to deal with you. And mm. then you're going to have to figure out how to deal with them. Mm. And you may want to rethink your strategy. Mm. Mm. And it's that process of consistently refining yourself mm. by playing with multiple people and dealing with pressure from multiple people and the amount of strength you get. It's all, you know, there's, when I say holistic to athletic, there's all these massive health benefits from doing this stuff. Yeah. But then you also get ridiculously strong and mm. flexible in mm. ways that most people are not flexible. And I, I may not be able to do a full split, but my waist is incredibly, incredibly flexible and incredibly strong. Mm. Um, and it's uncommon strength. Mm. So 
Right, because you, 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 you get it from uncommon uh, movements. It's just that, you know, most people are training that stuff. This is this stuff. Mm. Most people aren't training this stuff. Therefore, they don't know what we're doing. It's uncommon only by this point in time, and therefore, eventually, it will become common. And then, you know, we'll just have... Ten years ago, MMA was not where it is today. And mm. now, I feel like the general person on the street, a general kid, you know, knows how to fight a little bit, mm. knows how to put somebody in a choke. Mm. And um, it, it's, a, it's a different landscape. Like mm. it, it's, you know, the, the general um, collective consciousness mm. understands combat, mm. I think, to a greater degree now in terms of like at least sport combat mm. um, than they did a decade ago. Mm. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, that, that's just me pulling up you know, fights on Instagram mm. and just seeing like, oh, wow, that kid just choked out the kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like the, right. That just happened in the middle of the street. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, a few years ago, you'd see guys swinging like right. this. You don't see that anymore. Right, right, right. You, like, you, see, you see best practices, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, so eventually, these best practices will bleed into those yeah. and we'll have more efficient fighters. We'll have more efficient uh, uh, athletes and we'll have more efficient people mm. because... It changes the way you walk the street and how you deal with people, how you talk to people, and um, and I, but I think that 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 how you talk to people, how you deal with people, aspect of it, I do think that it's important to have someone coaching, mm-hmm. uh, talking about how how this actually relates to lifestyle, mm-hmm. because. You know, there's, like I said, Josh has gotten a lot of a lot of uh, negativity from the Tai Chi community in the U.S. and because? is very well respected outside this U.S. Because and, uh, because of you know him being a, a, a guy in his twenties who just started Tai Chi a few you know a few years ago and beating all the masters in tournaments because he had a background in long form pattern recognition from chess, you know, from being this this chess prodigy. Mm. So you know, he was playing a game that they didn't know how to play. Mm. He was p- perceiving and seeing it in a different way. Mm. And so, and you know, and he would do. He and Dan would go through every weight class. They the, the U.S. tournament circuit, um, the major tournament circuit, banned people from doing that after Josh and Dan. Why? Uh, because banned people from moving from, from weight class from to do, weight going class. To, you, competing in every weight class. So Josh what? and I would compete in every weight class. That is so and interesting. And win all of the weight classes. That is so interesting because that essentially make it less competitive. No? Uh, making it less competitive because of... So, yeah, yeah. You're putting more restriction on... You're putting more restriction on it and I, I'm not sure if they've lifted that since but, um, you know, it's it's... If you really know how to deal with pressure, mm. it shouldn't matter how big the person is or how right. small the person is. Right, Not right. to say that it doesn't have an effect on the, on, it's not a variable, because it's a, absolutely a variable. Sure. Um, but, you know, it, it, because of Tai Chi, I'm not scared of a 283 pound dude running at me. Right. You know, and it's because I, I, I've dealt with that. Right. Many times. Uh, so, so, so actually on that note, let me ask you this. Uh, in terms of, because you, we're now venturing to picking your opponents, the appropriate quote-unquote opponents. Right? Mm-hmm. So some school of thought is, it doesn't matter, you can learn from everyone, even if your skill level isn't quite there, you can still learn, you know, if let's say your skill level is like zero to 100, and you just compete with someone and get crushed, right? 
another school of thought is let's make sure that you match up with people who is similar in skill level so you don't feel crushed spirit, uh, spiritually. What's your take on picking the right opponent uh, for the maximum learning? Um, so, I mean, you're talking to the guy who, who's, I got my ass kicked so much, mm. um, and I, I'd, I'd run to go get my ass kicked. Mm. Like, I'd run right to it. Okay. Um, so, I have a perspective that I, I may not throw every book. Actually, you know, I might, people on my team, I kind of throw them into this. <laughs> um, but I do think that when you're in the process of getting to a place of when you need to absorb as much as possible because that, that's not always the case like your different seasons require different um, behaviors mm. so in the seasons when when I, I knew I needed to to grow in particular ways as much as possible I would put myself in against the toughest people I could mm. as, as often as I could mm. my dad and I when we got recruited onto the team from Josh <clears throat> um, which is which is a fun story that I'm, I'm happy to share but um, you know we got our ass kicked for three and a half months like straight mm. like we were just sore we were getting thrown on the ground um, and you know we were the first outsiders pulled onto the team that weren't from the William C.C. Chen school mm. Because we move differently, you know, we came from Wu style Tai Chi. They did a, a reverse breathing Yang style that's very, very rare. Um, and I love that. You know, I love I love the, the learning curve. If you're if you're willing to put in the time and the analyzation to figuring out what's going on, um, why are you why are you losing so much? So you actually train yourself to enjoy the, the yeah. process. Yeah, absolutely. Which, which is actually extraordinary because most people don't enjoy losing. Mm -hmm. They enjoy winning. Uh, I think I was uh, one of the, the internet personality, Grant Cardone. He said, you learn more from winning. You, you, don't, you don't learn more from losing, which is an interesting statement. I was like, oh, that's an interesting thought. But you think otherwise, actually. <clears throat> well, I mean... <clears throat> Again, this is—it's such a personal, personal journey. Yeah, I think yeah. that that when it comes to, you know, people. Uh, one of my older students, one of my father's older students, I took over a class from him a few weeks ago. And uh, is this okay for sound? Yeah, it's fine. Um, she, we were doing the the, the the single arm push hands exercise, and she was saying, "Hey." This guy is putting, he's not moving this way when I turn him and saying all this stuff. And I'm like, well, I stopped the whole class. I'm like, everyone look at this for a second. And I'm like, so you're saying that he needs to change his behavior for you to be able to do what you want to do. I'm right. like, so you're giving him the power. Mm -hmm. It's up to you to figure out how to deal with him. Mm. And if you want to ask me a question, the question should be, how do you deal with this? Mm rather than make this guy change. Right, complain about yeah. his behavior. Yeah, complain right. about his behavior. So, which is, again, in push hands, I feel like you can see, and this is, this is again, it's, this is my art. So, um, I, I, I assume people from other arts that, are, that have attained a certain level uh, of uh, perspective can see this as well in their own art for whoever they're guiding, but you can see every type of personality in this. And... You, you, by what they say, what they do, how they do it. Right. How do you want things, I do everything. Yeah. yeah. Just, hey, I'm like, huh. I'm like, okay, so she's this type of person. 
But the great thing is that because the principles are so clear, mm. the principles bring you back to this space of training a very particular type of discrimination. Mm. So by like, guiding her to say, hey, you know, keep your arm out longer mm. and turn him earlier, mm. which was the solution. Like mm. keep your arm out longer so that you maintain a, a, a mid-range distance and mm. turn him earlier. Mm. Now she's getting, she's getting it. Mm. So she's making the change now. Now she knows how to deal with mm. a person of this size that is, is, is putting more pressure on her. Mm. So, and, and how does that, I mean, now we're talking about lateral thinking, but how does that translate to your daily experience mm -hmm. in life? So, I mean, you have to, I think, at first em embody it in one place before... Uh, You've got 10 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, before, before moving it to another. Yeah. So. yeah. Oh, man. There's so much more I can talk to you about. Holy shit. Uh, <laughs> I'm happy to continue the conversation for, from New York, too. Yeah. I, let, let's do a part two for sure. Sure. Um, this has been a very valuable conversation. I hope people who are really discerning the wisdom that Jan is sharing with us. Um, I'm, I'm perhaps I should, I'm not sure if I maybe you're going to add this beforehand. I, I I didn't really frame. Yeah, go ahead. Tai Chi. Yeah, I, why don't I, we why don't we do that? And I feel it might be helpful because you know Tai Chi is is can be considered this ancient Chinese system, um, and uh, it's a, it's very much a martial art. Uh, or was very much developed as a martial art. <clears throat> in the States, it's widely known as, I think for anyone over 77 years old or something like that, it's like the number one way to regain balance. But outside of the States, people of all ages do it. In Taiwan, especially, you'll see like six-year-olds doing Tai Chi, you know, uh, to China, and China and, and Taiwan. But like, kids start young and they're doing push hands. And like, you know, my buddy Tui Xiao Chan out there, coaches grade schoolers and high schoolers and they're all doing this and it's a, it's a safe fun way to manipulate uh, space control like weight understanding how to claim space um, slow yourself down and speed up your perception of time so um, again I, I liken it to mindful wrestling because it's you know you're moving slow at first and then when you start doing the sports stuff it becomes more competitive more athletic um, but it's um it's one of my favorite things to share, and by focusing for so long on this, my parents both trained in Tai Chi. My my, my father, you know, uh, helped to coach the U.S. team with me, and, and it's got several golds and uh, I think two bronze World Cups, but several golds as well. Like mm. um, yeah. it's going to make the whole world better. <laughs> no, I feel it. You know. I I mean, thanks for sharing your passion. Yeah. I, I really feel it. So for, for those, and then, so for part two, part three, I love to just talk about the, how it translates to life in general, sure. or business or relationships. Because I truly believe how you do one thing is how you do everything. And by learning how you manipulate um, space, movement, gravity, you know, and working with other people, it, as you said, the, 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 uh, ramification of knowing this art mm -hmm. is making the world a better place yeah right mm -hmm. um, but we'll leave that you know little teaser for part two uh, yeah I'll add to that teaser that um, the formula Josh's formula for the book that he shared with me uh -huh. uh, was that he would train and he I think he actually says this in the book but um, that his training would fuel his writing for the, the book The Art of Learning mm. and his writing would 
fuel deeper breakthroughs in his training. Mm. And um, <clears throat> it was a mixture of that comment and a formula for mastery that he mm. taught me where like, you take one technique, break it down into parts, train those parts, and then put it back together, and now you've mastered that technique. Mm. Um, those two together helped me to uh, craft a formula for my business and my life mm. that, um, that I essentially call like a transmedia trifecta mm. that, that I've done tons of consulting on um, to essentially bring the relationship between intellectual property, um, the corporation, the governing you know, the stakeholder body, and um, artists that embody this uh, or you know, the, these IP are the vehicle for. Um, and whether that's an artist or a character or a person or a personality. So there's, there's a way that you can leverage, I, I've, I've directly leveraged Tai Chi principles into like business formulas. Yeah. Um, and you know, with, with very measurable results. So, um, I feel like that's me applying it in my life. Yeah. How do you apply it in your life? Right. You know? Yeah. Um, and these formulas, again, when it comes to lexicon and breaking things down, saying this is this, this is not that, that is that, uh, when we have a shared language like that, then we can start to have, then research is not repeated. Mm. You can actually look at someone else's research and say, oh, okay, wow, like, cool, I can bring that on. Right. And now we've leveled up together. Right. Otherwise, everyone's going to keep on researching the same things and right. think that their breakthrough is something you know, that, right. that hasn't already been done before, and now we're, we're still stuck in the Stone Ages. So. <laughs> One of my special superpowers is the ability to assimilate um, knowledge, knowledge base from different fields. Mm. So that's one of my favorite, one of my passion, and one of hence this, this conversation actually came out of that curiosity and desire and passion for that. So um, let's finish this. Um, for those people who are inspired to learn more about Tai Chi, specifically movement, Tai Chi, um, is there a place that they can go sure. to? Or is there a DVD program, it's, a digital it's course? It's Jans Tai Chi. Jans Tai Chi. Jans Tai Chi dot com or uh, Jans Tai Chi on Instagram. Uh -huh. um, J-A-N-S Tai Chi dot com. T-A-I-C-H-I. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> all the stuff that we're doing with the new team out of New York, you'll find, uh, you know, that's, you can Google us on, on uh, or YouTube us because um, we have a channel, Sports Tai Chi Push Hands. That's yeah. the channel if yeah. you're interested in the sport. But, you know, I focus on on training with with high performance athletes, uh, with with CEOs, with um, just top players in their field. Like my one of my top students is a uh, is a prodigy pianist. Mm. You know, and she's a beast, mm. and she's throwing grown men, you know, mm. um, across the room. Mm. And <clears throat> it's because she puts in the work, and she understands the work ethic that it takes to become world class. Mm. Um, and and that's you know I, I, I how do you define world class by the way uh, competing on the world stage mm. I'd say it's simple as that when you show up mm. <laughs> when you, it takes a lot to show up it's amazing how many people don't show up mm. um, and you know to show up and then to actually be able to stand mm. because it the, the training to get there it's there are all these layers of hesitation and intimidation that you have to get through mm. as a person to go to the top of anything mm. and you know, I think when you kind of get past that, uh, it's like, oh, wow, the top here, it's so small, and so many people from other places are here, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's because, like, the top of your art, top of someone else's are super similar, actually. Mm -hmm. um, 
So, you know, once you get there, what do you do? Mm-hmm. And if, if the answer, or at least for me, if the answer is not help other people get there and build mm-hmm. a new, mm-hmm. you know, make the top the new standard, mm-hmm. um, then that's interesting because then we can start building stuff on top of that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for being here, Jen. I really, really appreciate it. I mean, you really articulate so beautifully. This is the reason why I want to do this kind of podcast. I want to interview master of, the, of their domain. I want them to share some of the, the, their own journey, their, 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 their mental models and the daily disciplines that they do such that other people who are listening, who aspire to achieve mastery of their own right in their own domain can say, oh, wow, you know, I could try these on, I can try that on, I can try this mental model. So thank you so much for being here, Love my friend. I have a smoothie in my mouth. I love you, man. <laughs> I'm so happy to have, to have finally connected in person. Yeah. I've heard so much good about you and this, just this whole week of, of uh, you know, spending some quality time and it's yeah. just awesome, man. It's kindred spirit. Kindred spirit. A lot of love for you. Yeah, thank and you. And I'm just very, 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 very happy to be alive at this moment. Yeah, so. thank you. Hey, listeners, if you're enjoying this podcast and all the nuggets of wisdoms, go to bit.ly forward slash Noble Warrior Review and leave us a five-star review and tell us what you're getting out of this podcast. This will really help us attract other people like you and share these nuggets of wisdoms to others just like you. Okay, do that right now, bit.ly forward slash Noble Warrior Review. Thanks a lot.